Good evening. Let's stand together. Welcome to Vineyard Boise. We're so glad you're here tonight. We're going to sing together, take communion together, and enjoy Christmas Eve together tonight. So let's stand and sing together.
tonight we worship you. We bring you all of our praise. With these carols tonight, we celebrate your birth and we worship you. Tonight, Jesus, we say that we love you. And as we continue throughout the celebration this evening, would you just come with your Holy Spirit and dwell in this place, that we would feel your presence tonight as we worship you in this place. In your precious name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Would you wish somebody a Merry Christmas as you sit down tonight? All right, and if you haven't found a seat yet, tell somebody to scoot over, make room. Say, hey, it's Christmas, make some room. Make room on your row for somebody. If you see someone wandering around looking for a seat, make a home for them there. Welcome. Welcome to Christmas Eve we're, uh, service. We're so thankful you're here. This is a tradition that we do every year that where we gather together and we worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and we celebrate together. And so we're so thankful that you're here. We have, uh, this is also our only weekend service this weekend. And so we have a little bit of family business to tidy up if that's all right. Um, this is actually our last service of the year, if you can believe that, live here in this room. So we'll, uh, we'll be back here next Sunday on January 1 together, worshiping God together. And uh, what that means is if you have any year-end giving that you're doing, that you're planning to do, this is the night. So um, we just want to, just to let you know that, like just be warned, tonight is kind of the last time to do year-end giving here in this room. Um, and you can do that with the code that's on the screen right now from your phone or when you get home or whatever. Um, uh, or here in the room, there's boxes on every pole across the room. Uh, but we just want to let you know that we won't be gathering back here together uh, before the end of the year. So just be warned. All right, also, uh, I, we would like, we'd love to connect with you and get to know you a little better. And so um, if you would uh, just fill out the connect card that we're gonna put on the screen right now, if you just scan that code, you can fill out a connect card and let us get to know you better. We'd love to share a little bit more about who we are and how you can get connected here at Vineyard Boise. There's a lot going on um, all throughout the week, every single week, and we'd love to keep you up to date on that. So if you'd like to, um, uh, get up to date on what's going on here at Vineyard Boise. The easiest way to do that is just by scanning that code, uh, filling out the connect card, and then we'll email you and keep you up to date. I'm getting a note here that says that all end of year giving has to be postmarked by December 31st. All right, so I rewound. I don't know if you caught that. I was just a quick rewind. Okay, let's go back. Connect card. Do that, okay. And then lastly, um, we are going to celebrate Christmas together as a church online tomorrow. So um, if you didn't know, now you know, um, tomorrow morning, um, our Christmas service goes li live online only. Everybody say online only. online only. Oh, you guys follow directions so well. Um, so online only, our, our, our uh, service is tomorrow, and you can stream that at any time on any, any place you stream stuff, whether you do that just straight from the website or on YouTube or Facebook or any of those fun things. You can stream it right there 
online tomorrow. And um, there will be a special uh, message and encouragement and worship together um, online that you can do with your family that the worship team and the staff put together and pastors for you. And then also, as, pastors Tre- as Pastor Trevor is coming, I want to let you know about a special treat that you get at the end of that service. If you hang out till the end of that service, you get to see all the kids do their program from last week. So if you hang out and you, uh, if you, if, you want to watch it and you get through and you're like, oh, I don't know, maybe we should be done. Don't be done because the kids are on the end and they are just going to bring so much Christmas into your house, it's going to blow your mind. All right? So God bless you. That's it. Thank you, Brent. All right. Oh, Merry Christmas. Yeah, we, we thought that'd be a fun thing to tack on. Yeah, Merry Christmas. I'm sorry, I didn't. Merry Christmas. We thought that'd be a fun thing to tack on to the special Christmas service that we've created for tomorrow, because that way all the kids get to see themselves on the YouTubes. They'll be, they get to be YouTubers, and like, who, who doesn't want that? Right, so, um, but yeah, that, that'd be a fun thing to share with family and friends as well. And so um, I encourage you to do that. So, well, Merry Christmas. As you can see, this must be a special occasion because I put on a tie, tucked in my shirt. Jesus came, Jesus left heaven to descend into the lower regions of the earth. And I thought, well, I should probably put on a tie then. So there you go. Well, as Brent said, this is our, our weekend Christmas service. And, um, and so in light of that, I, I do have a message uh, tonight for a Christmas message. It's going to be a, a short message, um, but we want to talk about the real meaning of Christmas. And so I, I titled tonight's message actually, Christmas is for everyone. Christmas is for everyone. This is based on an, uh, an article I was reading recently by an author named Fred Sanders. And Fred made an interesting point in his article, and I actually accepted I wrote the quote down. He said, for some reason, people seem to think that Christmas is for everybody. Let's read that again. For some reason, people seem to think that Christmas is for everybody. Now, it's an interesting observation, and um, it's one that I think proves to be generally true if you understand what it is that he was saying. What Fred was alluding to is that Christmas is the most widely celebrated holiday throughout the world. It's the one that is most visible, and it is shared in nearly every culture throughout the world. That's certainly true of the, in the U.S., where tomorrow, regardless of people's religious background or their uh, practice or their profession of faith, people all over the United States will be gathering to celebrate Christmas, right? The vast majority of people will do that. It's a national holiday. It's a government holiday. Banks will be closed. Businesses will be shuttered. The streets will be relatively empty, and people will be celebrating Christmas, whatever that looks like to them. Some people, it means getting together with friends and family to uh, exchange gifts. Sometimes it's to share a meal. There's people that will be doing acts of kindness, often for strangers, as a way of celebrating Christmas. In fact, I believe our, our Feeding God's Children team will be in the park tomorrow feeding people because they do that every Sunday, whether it's Christmas or not, which is a pretty amazing thing, right? And here's the thing, in the middle of all of, that, all of that celebrating of Christmas, there's a soundtrack that we'll be playing. There'll be different soundtracks in different homes. 
Some will be listening to Mariah Carey. Some will be singing, listening to Elvis singing about Christmas. For some, it will be Wham. <laughs> Guilty pleasure right there. Stevie Wonder, Frank Sinatra. I, I made this list sitting in a coffee shop, and they had a Christmas station on. And so I was just I was looking at the, the gamut of artists who were all singing about Christmas. Frank Sinatra, Queen, has a Christmas song. Bing Crosby, Bruce Springsteen, Willie Nelson, and yes, Run DMC. Right? So here's the thing. The pervasiveness of Christmas, though, it's not limited to the U.S. When, when Fred says that everybody seems to think that Christmas is for them, he's not just talking about the U.S. You could travel the globe tomorrow. And in addition to the some 2 billion Christians... That's about a quarter of the world's population that will be in some way celebrating Christmas as an expression of their faith in Jesus. For about a quarter of the population, this is an expression of faith. But for many that are, would not profess any sort of faith in Jesus, the neighbors of those who do, there'll be many people who are celebrating Christmas. The point is that Christmas is being acknowledged and celebrated everywhere, as if everyone thinks Christmas it's for them. I spent a Christmas in Japan. This was back in the early 90s. In Japan, about 1.5% of the population would self-identify as Christian. The vast majority are Buddhist. But Christmas was still being celebrated in Japan. Celebrated with parties and with all kinds of amazing light displays, which is not unlike Bay Hill up the hill. With people traveling home to be with loved ones, gathering with family and friends. And yes, Believe it or not, Santa Claus visits Japan as well. Children, Japanese children go to bed on Christmas Eve expecting a gift from Santa in the morning. Andrew and I spent three years in Southeast Asia. We lived in Malaysia specifically. And we saw that Christmas had permeated the culture there as well. Now, Malaysia is by law an Islamic nation. So imagine our surprise the first Christmas we were there where we were walking, well, first of all, we were in 90% heat, or 90% humidity and 90 degree heat. We're walking around in t-shirts and shorts and flip-flops, still sweating. And in the hawker stalls and in the shopping centers, they were still playing Christmas music. And not just the Santa Claus variety, like some of the same songs that we just sang a moment ago and the songs that we'll be singing tonight. We've got more, some more worship carols as we close out tonight. Those songs were being sung over the PA systems and belted out and people were singing along with them in an Islamic nation. I could go on, but the point is not specifically what happens this evening and tomorrow throughout the world, but the fact that there's this nearly universal presence of Christmas and everybody seems to think that Christmas is for them. Now, that's been a source of concern for some Christians. There's been some hand-wringing, some protest over the years about this essentially Christian holiday that's been hijacked. You took our holiday. It's been hijacked by Santa and Rudolph, by Frosty and the Grinch, by Walmart and Amazon, by ribbons and bows, by Taylor Swift, Tay-Tay as I like to call her, and Madonna. People cry out, oh, the commercialism of Christmas. But what if it's not such an entirely negative thing? What if Christmas the story of the incarnation, the creator God entering into our world really is for everyone. 
What if God uniting himself with humankind, taking on human nature, what if it, at its core that truly is available to all? It's for everyone. And what if, here's the bigger question, what if underneath the noise of commercialism and jingle bells and all of the songs and Blue Christmas, what if underneath all of that there's a whispering voice witnessing to our hearts that there's something more? Something more than the cultural trappings and the way that Christmas has been packaged in our world. Think about this. Think about the Christmas movies that have been produced over the last hundred years. Christmas movies has become a, a genre and category of movies all by itself. And there's lots of them, and some of them are, are okay. Some of them are dreadfully bad, painfully bad. But think about this. How many of them feature a character? They've got different plot lines, but how many of them feature a character or characters discovering the true meaning of Christmas? It's as if even those who don't celebrate Christmas as an expression of faith have this witness in their hearts that there's something more than the way that it's celebrated. Take Dr. Seuss's Grinch, for example. Pivotal moment in that Christmas classic is when the Grinch awakens to a deeper meaning of Christmas. Here, I took a screenshot of it. And the Grinch with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages and boxes and bags. He puzzled three hours till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something that he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And that's what brings us together tonight. It's that little bit more. It's a little bit more, which is maybe not just a little bit more, maybe it's a lot more, that will bring some two billion people together tonight and tomorrow in various expressions to celebrate Christmas. We're going to be talking about that tonight. What I've... I've I've selected three phrases that we find in Scripture, three phrases that capture that true meaning, that deeper meaning of Christmas as a way for us to just anchor in. What is this all about? We're going to start with, with John chapter 1, verses 3 through 5 and 9. We're going to be looking at three phrases that tell us why it is that even non-Christians are drawn into the celebration of Christmas. Through him, meaning Jesus, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. John describes Christmas, the incarnation, the creator becoming himself human as light shining into the darkness. Perhaps, perhaps this is why one of the universal ways to celebrate Christmas is with beautiful lights that pierce the darkness and coldness of our world. Have you ever driven around and looked at these amazing Christmas displays? Some of them are kind of gaudy. Some of them involve some strange characters. We've noticed there's such thing as a Christmas dragon. I don't know... <laughs> That's a new character for me. I don't know where that came from, but we've seen it a couple times. But, but, but these lights in the darkness, they, they call to us. We're drawn to them, and we're amazed by them. What is that about? 
I want to suggest that it's that same whisper that telling, telling us there's something more that says there's a light that can shine into the darkness that the darkness can't overcome. Perhaps it's no accident that Christmas is celebrated in late December, right around the winter solstice, one of the darkest days of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. It's the time that we celebrate Christmas. These lights shining into the dark, they call to something in our souls, an inward longing for a light that cannot be overcome. And so we are captivated by lights in the night. Knowingly or unknowingly, I think these lights are also a nod to the star that proclaimed to all of creation that something extraordinary was happening that first Christmas, that a light had come into the darkness that would not, could not be overcome. That's why we're going to end our time together tonight with candlelight that we will both receive and also pass to one another because we're called as followers of Jesus to not only receive that light, but to become ambassadors and carriers of that light, to extend that light out into the world. Light has shined into the darkness that the darkness cannot overcome, cannot extinguish. This very thing was promised before Jesus ever came. The, the prophet Isaiah was looking forward to the day that Jesus would come. And this is the, the way that he described what the coming Messiah would be like. Isaiah 9.2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. To all those who experience the darkness of this fallen world in its various forms, death, disease, violence, addictions, poverty, loneliness, injustice, abuse, abandonment, to all those who have felt the darkness threatening to swallow them comes a light. And the invitation is to receive the light, move, move towards this light, share the light. And so the first phrase that captures the true and deepest meaning of Christmas is this, it's light shines in the darkness. Our second phrase from scripture that describes Christmas is this phrase that we don't need to be afraid, do not be afraid. As God sent angelic messengers to prepare those whose lives would be the first touched by Christmas, the assurance was offered repeatedly. It's a, a thread, a theme that you can trace through the Christmas story in at least three different places. That The message of Christmas is do not be afraid. Here's, here's one example. Here's Luke chapter 1, verse 11. This is an angel appearing to Zechariah to tell them about the birth of his son, John. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar. He was a priest. Standing at the right side of the altar of incense, when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and he was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth. The statement was Christmas is coming John, this boy that was born to Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth, would become the forerunner of Jesus, the, the one who would kind of announce that Jesus was coming. And, and so his birth was, was not just something that would be a happy occasion for Elizabeth and, and her husband, Zechariah. It would be a, an occasion of, of rejoicing for everyone. Additionally, when the same angel appeared to Mary, this is how it went in Luke 1.26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, 
The angel went to her and he said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Now, we're going to see one more time that 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 happens, that the angel appearing to the shepherds led with that. That was what they opened with, was don't be afraid. I mean, you think about it. When you think about if the story is true, that God himself, the creator of the universe, is entering into a broken, rebellious creation, there's reason that if that happens, creation should be a little bit afraid. Because what if he's not that happy about what we've done with his beautiful creation? And yet, the message is, well, it's captured in a few of these words, of the, which is spelled in the English version, right? Favored. It's this word favor or favored that appears twice. And it's spoken over Mary. And the word favor, it's, it's, well, it's the word for grace. It's God's undeserved, unearned, and actually ill-deserved favor. And, and what, what the angel says to Zechariah and to Mary and to the shepherds is God coming into the world is not an occasion to fear because his disposition towards mankind is not judgment or wrath or anger. His disposition is undeserved, unearned, ill-deserved favor. He's coming in kindness. He's coming in mercy. And so do not be afraid. This is why the message to not be afraid was also spoken to the shepherds when the angels appeared to them. And so the second phrase that captures the truest and deepest meaning of Christmas is this, do not be afraid. The final verse and final phrase is found in the angels appearing to the shepherds. It goes like this. Luke 2, chapter, Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for who? All the people. Everyone. Christmas is for everybody. Do not be afraid. I'm bringing you good news of great joy for everyone. Christmas is God announcing to the world good news. It's announcing it won't always be like this. Christmas is God announcing that he's going to heal and restore the brokenness of his creation. Christmas is God announcing that I'm going to wipe away every tear. Christmas is God announcing I'm going to make all things new. And for those who hold this message in our hearts, it's good news and great joy even when we grieve. And this is a time of year when grief can become very pronounced. For those who are grieving, it, 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 it somehow feels stronger at Christmas when, when we have this cultural expectation that we should be celebrating and everybody's having joy. But even to those who grieve, we don't grieve as those who have no hope because good news of great joy has been brought into the world. Christmas means that God is going to finish what he's begun that what he began some 2,000 years ago in Nazareth and in Bethlehem is going to be completed. We don't grieve as those who have no hope. Let me close with a quick personal story. My family, we have a nativity scene in our house. It's a theologically correct nativity scene. <laughs> it's one of those 
made, it's Willow Creek, or not Willow Creek, Willow, Willow Tree, right? Little carved figurines. We have this, this Willow Tree carved figurine nativity set. There's not a wise man in sight. We never even bought them. I, we, every year we say, well, we'll buy those in two years from now. But then next year, it's, well, it's two years from then. So we have a theologically correct nativity set, except for the, a couple years ago, the angel fell and his head was broken off. And so for the last few years, we've had a, a nativity scene that's missing an angel because you're not going to put a headless angel in the nativity scene because that just feels theologically wonky on a whole different frame of reference. So for a few years, we've just, we've just gone without. But a few weeks ago, I was in a thrift store and I saw a whole display of five willow tree angels. All different, different angels, different poses, different, different kind of, you know, different ones. And I thought, oh, here's my opportunity to replace it. And so I, I looked at each one, I was trying to decide which one, and then when I got to, to one of them, I knew, oh, that's the one, because that captures the truest message of Christmas. Here it is. Yes! <laughs> Joy to the world! Good news! My, my sister-in-law calls it cheerleader angel. I'm like, yeah, that's fair, that fits. A third phrase about what is, what is the true deep meaning of Christmas? It's joy to the world. Good news for everyone. Tonight we're going to close with two things. We're going to receive communion, and then we're going to embrace the fact that light has come into the world and that we're called to receive the light and be ambassadors of that light. And so uh, we're going to sing, and we're going to, um, to light one another's candles. But first, we're going to receive communion. And so uh, let me say this. Communion is not an expectation. It's an invitation. You probably, hopefully, received communion as you entered the room tonight. One of the ushers and greeters handed that to you. That's an invitation. It's not an expectation. Because here's the thing. Christmas is for everyone. But just like Christmas gifts, they have to, Christmas is something that has to be received. It, the way that we unwrap Christmas, as a, as a, if, if Christmas is a present, the way we unwrap it and receive it, one of the ways is through receiving communion. Where we say that this good news that has come into the world, the light that has come into the world, the reason I don't need to be afraid of my creator, of my God, the reason that, that there's good news and great joy that I can celebrate, regardless of the circumstances of my life, regardless of how I feel about myself, the reason that I can do that is because of what Jesus did. Because of his birth, because of his life, because of his death, and because of his resurrection. And communion tells that story. Communion is a way in faith that we receive that story and say, I want Christmas in my life, in my heart. And so in just a moment, we're going to do that. We're going to receive communion. If you didn't, if you didn't receive communion when you came in, uh, just raise your hand if you'd like that, and our ushers and greeters will make sure you have some. We've got some up here. Just keep your hand up until you have one. We don't want anybody to miss out. And here's what I'd invite you to do. You can open that. It's a two-sided communion. 
bring out the bread that symbolizes Jesus' body that was broken for us. You have the cup. Symbolizes Jesus' blood that was poured out. His body was broken that we could be made whole. His blood was poured out that we might be made pure. Tonight, on this Christmas Eve, as you receive communion, you're, you're embracing the fullness of this message in faith. So with all eyes closed, I'd just like to give you a moment to speak to your creator, to open yourself to the light that shines in the darkness. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for entering into the world that you created, for humbling yourself to, to enter into creation as a vulnerable baby boy, to entrust yourself to your creation to be united with us in sharing a humanity like us. Thank you for coming and showing us the Father. Thank you for showing us that the disposition of God towards mankind is not anger or wrath, but is mercy and grace. Thank you for embodying that mercy and grace by sacrificing your life for us. That you died that we might live. You were broken that we can be made whole. And so tonight we receive this gift. When you're ready, you can eat the bread and drink the cup. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that Christmas is for everyone. Thank you for bringing Christmas into our hearts. Mary's become one of my favorite characters in Scripture. I love the simplicity and the trust in Mary's life. I love how when God announced to her this miraculous thing that he was going to place, divine, divine life in her, that she responded in trust. How could this be true? And he said, is anything impossible for God? And her response was, yes. Let it be with me according to your word. When we receive communion, it's, 
It's actually a little bit like Mary. It's not, we're not having a physical life placed inside of us, but God is placing divine life in each one of us. God's placing his, his Holy Spirit in us, and it's not just for a nine-month gestation. It's for eternity. The message of Christmas is Emmanuel, God with us. As we step out in faith, as we receive this gift, God gives us this amazing gift. He places his spirit in our hearts and gives us eternal life, new life that begins now and stretches into eternity. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. And uh, around the room, we're going to have some candle lighters that are going to begin the lighting of the candles, and they're going to pass it from one to the next. Before we do that, though, I've got one question. And it's this. If you're here tonight, or if you're joining us online, if you're here tonight and, and this was the first time you've received communion, this is kind of like the first time you've responded to the message of Christmas. Or maybe you've been running from God for quite a while and you've, you're coming back. If tonight was a, a benchmark moment for you in this life of faith, because you're responding to Jesus in a different way than you ever have before. If something's been whispering to your heart that there's more and tonight you responded to that, that's letting Jesus in. That's giving Jesus your heart. It's inviting him to not only make his home in your heart, but to be enthroned over your life. Jesus is Lord. That's what it means. If you did that for the first time tonight, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand right where you are. And the reason why is because we've got a little welcome packet we'd like to bring you. It has a Bible and a couple of follow-up type things that just allow you to begin to explore this, this thing that you've done tonight and saying, Jesus, I give you my yes. I open my heart to Christmas. So if that's you, if you put your hand up and just keep it up for just a moment, uh, we want to bring those around to you. We've got a couple hands right over here. Um, and if you're, if you're feeling a little conspicuous, um, don't. The reality is if people are in here aren't raising their hands, it's because most of us have done something like this at some point already. And so when someone joins us, we're very excited. This is an occasion for joy, right? Yes. <laughs> Celebrate, church. Joy. <laughs> so if somebody's got their arm up, hand up, would you make sure they get one of those? And then maybe just put your hand on their shoulder and say a prayer with them. As for the lighting of our candles, uh, it's, we're just going to light from outside to inside and from front to back. And we're going to sing these two carols. And, and I've, I spent some time today, actually, just listening to Christmas carols and how powerfully they declare the message of Christmas. So many of them feature joy, light, and no reason to fear anymore. We're going to sing two carols as we close out tonight and let these songs carry our hearts into our own celebration of Christmas as we leave here together.
His law is love and His gospel is peace. Change shall He break for the slave is our brother and in His name all oppression shall chorus raise me let all within us praise his holy name Christ is the Lord oh praise his name 
sing all is calm. Wow, it's beautiful. Jesus, thank you for Christmas. As we go out into the world, into our homes and neighborhoods, into our workplaces and city, we invite you to illuminate the darkness that is in us and that is around us that you would shine the light of your love into our hearts and from our hearts out into our world. May we be a people who are generous with your love, generous with your mercy, generous with your grace, generous with your kindness. Thank you that light has broken into the darkness that cannot be overwhelmed, cannot be overcome. Thank you that we don't need to be afraid of our creator God because you've come to us in mercy and grace. And thank you. Thank you for good tidings of great joy for everyone. Amen. Merry Christmas, church. Go make the invisible God visible. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.